on this week's episode is this the end of the line for secession the weekend box office results include a record decline for marvel and tj johnson later in the show tackles the controversial issue of cloning with swan song but first it's don fobbs from the mother daughter ish podcast as she's back for a February TV update as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with the pop culture cosmos. It's Gerald Glass. We're coming right back at you here. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Finally. Absolutely. Finally, I get a hold of this young lady. She's just on the move all over the place. It's just hard to get a hold of her, but so I'm true. so glad we did. But Thank you. <laughs> she is our incredible TV host, the hostess with the mostest. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at the Mother Daughter Ish podcast. But she is our TV expert. It is Don Fobbs for monthly tv update don great to have you here so Happy much to here. talk about i know i miss be you being on the show as well it's so much to talk about and i missed it too i was like looking at my calendar going where is he and then all these things happen i'm just like uh-uh we have got to talk soon <laughs> yes we do i've been like storing a whole bunch of stuff as far as tv news just yep. for you and i'm like I, oh i gotta talk about it with her i gotta talk about it with her the first and foremost, though, I mean, there's cancellations, there's renewals, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff to talk about as far as ratings and yeah. what's hot and what's not. Yeah. But the first thing I need to talk to you about is Yellowstone. Obviously, you and I both know how huge a worldwide hit this has been for Paramount. Big. But a couple of weeks ago, word came out that the future of the main series not the spin-off series the two that they already have in the works and and the continuous line of of shows that they have those are already in the pipeline those are already renewed those are already things that people enjoy and love not 1923 not any of the sequels i'm talking about the main show the main show future is in trouble because lead star kevin costner is possibly working his way out of the show over a reported contractual agreements on how much time he wants to spend shooting the series. I've heard as little as a day, a little as seven days, you know, that's just incredible. That'd be a great job to have it. If you did. I mean, think about it. He's not a spring chicken anymore. And you know, the, the, the more popular you are, the more, the older you get, the more you can command those rights. I kind of don't blame him. I hate it for the show because if he's not going to be on the show, that's going to really affect the fans because you've got that age group that wants to see him, 50 mm -hmm. and up, that want to see Kevin Costner. I get it, though, because, you know, the older we get, the more privacy we want, the more removed we want to be. We want to do the thing we love without having to feel like it's a job. Yeah. You know? I, I, I agree with you, but... My gosh, that Yellowstone, he is the anchor for that Yellowstone series. That's he is what actually, okay. you know, the name value that he has, his successes and his failures aside, yeah. over the course of the decades, he has been at the forefront of so many different projects. And his name, his presence on the show for four seasons now, going into its fifth, yeah. you know, talking about the future of it, will his character be killed off? All this drama behind the scenes, it's so funny because in TV, a lot of times, you and I both know this, we just can't have a good thing continuously because something all behind the scenes has always got to go awry. And, and, and as much as I love that you said that, it, made, it literally just gave me chills because I have so many shows that I've loved. And when I say loved, I mean like when they went off. I, I, it was, it was so devastating. Cause you know, once you get attached to the characters and everything, you just love it. And I've had, let me tell you, I've loved so many shows and then they just disappear. And I'm just like, like, for example, my daughter and I waited a whole year and a half to see Siren again about the mermaids. And then right three months before it's getting ready to come out, they go, Oh, by the way, we're not going to do it. She and I were like, having a conniption like what do they mean they're not gonna do it and it was something with the characters and the contracts and the and i'm just like so you're telling me we got the ratings 
but because y'all can't get the contracts right, we suffer. So now I am so upset. I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. But then if I do that, I'm going to want more. So it's almost like I'm in a conundrum. But you and I, we have so many shows we love. And if we see them disappear, they just don't understand how that affects us as fans. You know, just as we look forward to seeing that. Like, we want to look forward to seeing Kevin Costner. But again, with the way he he can do what he wants to do. He's got that type of about him, you know? Talking about willing, uh, I guess the uh, most consistent rumor is that he's only willing to work one week for the second half of uh, season five. And they better figure it out and put him on for one week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if you know that he's the anchor to the show, you figure out how to put him on, not just one week, but only give him six days. You know what I'm saying? Like, overcompensate to keep the show going, to keep the ratings, to keep the money flowing. Whatever you got to do for your main person, you got to do it. Because if you go in and you kill him off, we're going to be mad. If you replace him, we're not going to watch it. What do you, what do you want to do? Give the man, the if he, if he wants one week, give Kevin what he wants. And then you have the prequel shows already, 1883, 1923. Yeah. Yeah. You have 6666, I guess, is a, uh, you know, as of yet really titled uh, spinoff show that they're also developing. I think that, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, I think they're going to have to kill off this character. But the thing is that, the you know, when you only got someone that wants to work a, a week for an entire, what, rest of four, six episodes, that yeah. tells you right there that he's not going to cooperate going forward. I think yeah. it's just time to kill off his character. But put a major name around no. in his place. You've got no. to replace, you got to, you don't have enough, uh, the, the stars listen, there, the, the leading better, cast is not, not listen, well. they better go to the school of Tyler Perry and shoot those movies in 10 days. You hear what I'm saying? If he can do it in 10 days, they better figure out how to give Kevin Costner one week of his life to that. So he can have the rest of his life to himself but they better can't... figure it out don't kill the man don't kill him off i mean that would be such a turnoff i'm not even going to repeat this to my daughter because she'll say they're doing it again <laughs> well, we, take thing... it too, we take it yeah. too serious <laughs> well it, it takes more than you can't film what five to six episodes of television in just 10 days at least on a paramount scale on the scale of what you're talking about with with yellowstone and have him there as a character just show up for five minutes each episode and I just think it's just you have to find an actor that is going to replace him in, you know, with a different role that's coming in, maybe taking charge, trying to provide new blood. That's a big name like that. Although the, uh, Harrison Ford would have been a comparable, but he's already starring in a show, the prequel. So you, you know, yeah. the list is not long. Like a Robert De Niro, it, maybe you could not, get him it's in not there. Not long at all, because we yeah. gotta we gotta have somebody who's likable. We have to have somebody who's that within that age group. We gotta yeah. have somebody who's willing to, you know, follow the schedule. We gotta exactly. Have that's gonna accept whatever that payment is they're giving him. But then you're taking off someone that we we all love too. So it's kind of like. Yes, you can give us somebody who's almost comparable, but there's nothing like what we already like. Now, if it set up the show in the beginning for different characters to be gone, then that's fine because we expect it. Like I've seen shows where everybody you love gets replaced and it's like, okay, I know not to fall in love with that one because that whole, look what they did with White Lotus. Some people came back, some people didn't. That's true. Uh, and we and don't, then, we don't, then we don't get attached to people. But, but that's, you that's, that's, like I'm you said, but like you said, that's the structure of that show when yes. it comes to White Lotus is that it yes. is, uh, you know, transitional. People yes. come in, people come yes. out. With Yellowstone, I mean, going in, it was supposed to be something different. I mean, he just sounds like he just got right. tired of doing it. Uh, and uh, and if that's the case, maybe it's best for all parties to just, you know, end it and move on as far. But Yellowstone as well. To leave on such a high for the series, that, yeah. that would be a, also a terrible thing for Paramount. And Paramount needs the ratings because there's too mm -hmm. much competition when it comes to like your HBOs and your Showtimes and all of these other streaming networks. And we don't even know about the ones that are on the way. Disney is right up there putting all these different type of programs on there. So it's like somebody better figure it out in the creative department so that we don't get upset about it and say, you know what, I'm done. Cause I've done that before you remove a character that I love. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to watch it anymore. And uh, well, I can give you the best example. That is the walking dead. 
Andrew Lincoln, he said bye-bye. I mean, the ratings were already going down a little bit, but they really tanked after his departure. That's right. And, yeah, that's great that he's coming back in his own spinoff series with Denai Guerrero, but, you know, it's too little too late. Right. The series was once earning 15 to 17 million people watching it. Now it's getting one by the time it, it ended its run. So oh, you, t- you tell me. So Yellowstone is averaging eight, nine, 10, 12 million people watching Kevin it. Gone, it's going to do three or two. Yeah. So it's, it's just things they got to think about whether or not they want to continue to show. And it's 19 because all these spinoff shows are based around that main Yellowstone show. So it's going to be a very, very big discussion indeed, but there's still so much to talk about here on today's program. I'm with Dawn Fobbs. She is one of the best that's out there in podcasting on her mother daughter ish podcast. CBS renewed a ton of shows. Mm-hmm. And I love I love that what they do is they don't leave too many shows in suspense. They just do it. They get a whole big group and say, you're coming back. You know, <laughs> there's like three or four shows that are still in limbo. We'll see what happens there. But many of the th- status quo for CBS shows, and that's something I think I will compliment CBS on. I'm not exactly the biggest fan of their structure of shows, but so you you can almost put in one drama, CBS drama, and you could almost say the same thing about the other. It's almost the same structure of shows each and every time for their, for their programming. But when it comes to what they do as far as, you know, making sure that they, that there's consistency, they do allow a show to grow. If it does have an audience, I give them that. So many of the shows that are, that they have in a block that they did approve, uh, CSI Vegas, I know I was probably ha- most happiest about, but yeah, yeah, all the NCIS except for NCIS LA, which will be ending its run after uh, one more season. But you know, the mm-hmm. NCIS is uh, those were were approved uh, in Hawaii, and then the FBI's, you know, they I were all approved. They've got so well. many FBI's, they've got one that's on season six, they've got the FBI International, the FBI Most One. I say people must really, really, really love these. Uh, NCIS and FBI and CSI, they love those shows because I'm telling you, that's like ruling CBS right now. When I look at the list, I'm like, wow, you know, NCIS season, look at that, season 21. Can can you even believe that? Well, it's actually following a, a, a tier that they've done this over. Remember when CSI became was a huge hit and the biggest show in the world? Yeah. They got CSI New York, CSI and Miami. Miami was my favorite one because I like then- Steve character on that one. <laughs> oh, Caruso. Oh, Caruso. Where's my glass? Where, where's my glasses? Where are my glasses? Oh, I love him. I, think we, I, think I never knew to... anything about that show. And I was in a hotel one night and I was like, let me see what's on. And I saw that. She was like, oh my gosh, I was hooked. And I never went back. And look at that amazing race, season 35. Like, are you kidding me? And yes. I know a young lady who has watched every season and she says she will never give it up and i'm saying to her well hopefully your shows won't get canceled like mine because you know i'm having like a pity party because all my good shows get canceled (laughs) survivor big brother they always get renewed those those competition shows are are good ratings for them yeah Uh, they may like you said the amazing race uh but so funny because you know you do your david caruso from csi Miami. yeah i think what did you hear about the equalizer the well the equalizer uh as far as i think that is still in question at this point in time as well they've got the season through season four but did you hear that uh denzel's actually gonna do another equalizer on his own instead of just coming over here and joining queen latifah like oh yeah like a duo thing but i'm just like it's gonna to me it would confuse me as a well, Denzel, Denzel's a movie star. He still sees he himself is, as a movie star. I, I wouldn't watch that Equalizer. It's kind of like uh, Liam Neeson. If they said, okay, we're going to do a Taken part 50, but it's not going to be Liam. It's going to be somebody else. Or Liam saying, you can do the series, but get somebody else to do I just can't. I... <laughs> Liam Neeson is my Taken guy. As a matter of fact, half of the time when I'm thinking if something goes down, if I really could call him, that's how serious I'm taking it. <laughs> Well, with Liam, with uh, Denzel, uh, they're they have not yet. To, uh, they're probably the last of the major stars from, yes. from the past that are yes. that will also. not embrace going on a television show as of yet. Uh, I right. think and I don't also- know why, because television series seem to be 
really popping at this time. Like you've got a lot of people wanting to do TV right now that would probably normally say, no, I'm a movie star. I can't do TV. Well, the advent of streaming, I think is probably what brought these. Turn it down a little. Yeah. Well, but also the, the budgets though, for those streaming shows uh, may, may help support those names from the past. I mean, why is Harrison Ford all of a sudden do not one, but two streaming series on Apple plus and now Paramount is the fact that, you know, he would yeah. have. I, he would have been the last person I would have figured to actually had that because he's that. still. That's true. Yeah, so it's it's yeah. it's just something I think that that people need to think about. Uh, you know, yeah. as far as what kind of star I, I I suggested De Niro replace if he if Costner leaves, because I think that he does a lot of straight to video stuff alongside oh. of the stuff that he still does for major movies. So maybe that's an avenue for him that going forward that he would think about. But could yeah, be. It could be. But, but, you know, uh, my favorite movie star, he always, and I love that he says this, he says he wants as much screen time as he can get. So yeah. if it's streaming, if it's series, if it's TV, if it's independent film, he's like, I want as much screen time as I can get as long as I'm on this earth. And with him heading towards 70, it's like, that's a very smart thing to do because you leave so much of a great digital footprint after you're no longer here but look we got neighborhood went into the season six i really thought that one was gonna get canceled remember we talked about that several months ago and yes. i was like it's not I, I thought it was i thought it was out of here after actually after um tiffany haddish left it i literally thought it was going to be canceled because of the, the dynamic duo of her and cedric i just mm -hmm. didn't think that it would stand the little test of time but it did so I'm, i guess i'm like okay you're listening to the pop culture cosmos Okay, wait, wait. I I can go invisible, right? Because this is this is the absolute worst. You can so, certainly try. Okay, so that is um, uh, that's uh, obver ob ob <laughs> Close enough. Ovulation. It's obfuscation. Roll your dice. Okay. So I didn't get anything over a five, but you that can. You are still naked. Oh God. The music stops and everyone is looking directly at you, oh. judging. Oh God, this is. The prince of the city looks very disappointed in you. Okay, this is worse than the dreams that I have about being naked at work. There has to be something that I can do. Vampires in Vitae, a Vampire the Masquerade actual play podcast, season two, to Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, I'll tell you what, though, there's so much to talk about still. It is Don Fobbs from the Mother Daughter Ish podcast. ABC just announced that the Goldbergs' long running television series will be ending after season 10. Wow. They're still a network with a lot of struggling shows. So they're always in flux. They're, they're no longer what they used to be. I mean, we talk about NBC, CBS, those shows have, have solid days and solid shows wow. that will continue to perform. Magnum PI is actually one that's actually performed well. That was the CBS yeah. leftover that's actually grown well. Night Court has done extremely well in its revival on NBC. That's a lot of good funny. things there. But any thoughts uh, more on broadcasting news? I mean, we talk about the you know, CBS has all the NCISs and FBIs. The NBC has all the Chicago shows. Mm -hmm. Fire Country has done so well on CBS and that got renewed. Uh, for Fox, you know, the, the situation with the 911 shows, it's so funny what's going on there. But your thoughts on the broadcasting TV before we go ahead and, and hit on some more topics in the TV world? Well, the first thing I really think when it comes to ABC, just out of pure us knowing who backs ABC, I think mm -hmm. that they are really only surviving because they have the Good Morning America I think they're surviving because they have the um, evening news and because they are backed by Disney. But when it comes to comparing their shows to other networks like ABC and other places, almost like it doesn't really have the oomph that you're looking for when it if you want to compare side by side. So I think that if it wasn't for Disney, that they really wouldn't have that strong backing. Whereas it almost I almost look at them like what was that old saying? Too big to fail. And to me, I don't like that because if you're failing, you're failing. But if you're too big to fail, it's almost like you're, okay, we're just going to grandfather you type type of thing in. But I, I am a quite good lover of ABC. But if I had to choose between the two right now, purely on the lineup from morning to night, any day of the week, I'd probably be over there looking at CBS. And I have never been a CBS girl, ever 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 been a cbs girl so even i can be swayed so that's that's telling you something there 
couple things though before we head on out my friend uh okay. obviously uh i want to finish off with the last of us so we'll leave the last of us for the last okay poker face on peacock is something i think people need to actually uh, get, get attention to it's actually for the peacock for a network that is slowly growing its brand Mm-hmm. They're not as much of the joke as we once made them out to be. They're starting Indeed. to finally, yeah, because I mean, they were a pretty big joke early on, but they're starting to gain subscribers. They're nowhere near even what Paramount Plus has done or some of the right. other major ones, but they are right. starting to try and gain a following. And one of the reasons why is a show that people are catching as far as a Columbo style murder mystery show yes. with a fantastic lead actress. It is Poker Face on Peacock. Tell yeah. me your thoughts on Poker Face and why people should catch it. Well, I haven't gotten a chance to get to the poker face one yet, so I'm going to have to but rely you've heard on about it. it. Yeah, I've heard about it, but I just, I mean, I've got a list of shows. I mean, I just got into The Last of Us, so um, I haven't gotten a chance to watch that one yet, but it's on my list to absolutely watch. Because, okay, so here's how it works for me. If I start hearing a lot of buzz and, and, and I'm watching a podcast show or something and, and somebody starts really talking about it and how much they love it. And there are just certain people that I know if they like a show, I'm going to like it. Like mm-hmm. uh, Heather McDonald, she has a show called Juicy Scoop. And whenever she talks about a show, I already know without any question, I'm going to love the show because we like some of the same shows. So I've been hearing about that particular show and I thought, okay, I better write that down on my list. But what happened, Gerald, is that on Netflix, you came back and I got into you, but I don't like that they're doing it like they uh, did some of the other ones where they're giving you five episodes and then they're going to make you wait until March to get the rest. I don't I don't like the break in that, but I get the reason in is because for those new people who subscribe just to see a particular show, they want to make you at least stay a couple of months by breaking those shows up like that. So you came back on there and then I started with the um, Last of Us and I'm just kind of like when I'm watching two or three things at one time, I got to be careful of my focus because I really want to really watch it and see what I can get out of it. And then, you know, Netflix has, of course, been on fire this last month and HBO Max is my second favorite. So I've been kind of hanging out over there a little bit, but I haven't watched that one. Have you gotten into that one yet? I've heard many great reviews for it so far. Natasha Leone, it's about a casino I worker like who actually gets really, really involved as far as murder mysteries and how she gets entangled into trying to either solve it or figure and it I out. I like that kind of thing. Yes. So uh, it has become a big hit for Peacock. It's actually one of their, their strongest shows ever. Yeah. not named WWE that's actually trending on the charts. So I hope, pe- hopefully people will actually give it a chance because Peacock, again, has been the butt of my jokes and our jokes on this show <laughs> for at least two years now. And I'm glad to see things are finally turning around. It takes them a while to tick, 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 tick. Oh, yes. you know, Bel Air came back too on season two and people are still talking about it and they're loving it. And they're going like, wow, they think the characters are so awesome. And I'm like, okay. I wasn't really a fresh Prince of Bel-Air watcher when I was younger. So, you know, I just kind of, my, my daughters and both of my daughters are watching it. So they are absolutely enjoying those, uh, that particular season that came back. But on the, let's talk about one thing real quick. Let me slide it in. On mm-hmm. Netflix, we have two comedy shows. Uh, Monique's comedy show is coming on in uh, April, but Samoa, which is a comedian, her comedy show is on Netflix right now. I love, when I say love, I mean with a capital L. I absolutely love the comedy um, shows that Netflix presents. Like when Dave Chappelle did his, where he brings out multiple comics, you know, uh, so many people are bringing out multiple comics. And I really, I really love those one person shows and the ones where they bring out multiple people. So between the comedy and the streaming and catching a few broadcast things, it it is just going wild, but I'm at least glad that it's all been really good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm glad that you're enjoying the comedians that are on. I mean, Netflix and comedy specials have been something that's been a really lovely. strong uh, ratings getter for them in trying yeah. to maintain the audience that they have. Although yes. I'm, I'm, they haven't gotten off to the kind of 2023 that I, I was hoping for them. They, their, yeah. their shows are a little bit lackluster uh, yeah. since, since Wednesday. I don't really think that they've had this huge breakout hit or show that people have got to talk about. Uh, I really think that they've had some issues there. So the fall of Netflix, I don't see it coming anytime soon, but I do see a little bit of a decline because they just don't have the shows that people are talking about right now because everybody's talking about other shows like the poker face, you know, some of the main shows on broadcast. And of course, everybody's talking about the last of us. 
of course. And, you know, Netflix uh, had put out a, a notice saying that in March they were going to start restricting you using your password in different places. And then a week ago they retracted it and said, well, they were going to try it out in another country first. Because let me tell you, we will leave Netflix in a heartbeat. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know, we will do it. Uh, my Netflix is paid for free through my T-Mobile cell phone. And I called them and I said, I know nothing's free. How much am I actually percentage am I paying for using T-Mobile to give me my Netflix for free? And he said, $3. I said, okay, $3, I'm not going to fuss. But if he had said 10, I would say, when they start restricting me to be able to travel with my password and you know, kids use it or whatever, then I will cancel them. But at three bucks, I'm just like, I'm not even complaining, but don't charge it to my, don't charge it to my cell phone just because I'm using it. So I think that people are looking at all of these other ways that they can watch so many shows that we're all willing to give up at least one other. Because if you look at it now, I just heard a girl say today, how did we get tricked into, you know, we cut the cord to cable because there was one streaming network or two. So Netflix and Hulu. Okay. Now you've got Disney, Peacock, HBO Max, you're back up to your same $200 cable bill. Not me, but those that feel like they have to have every streaming network out there. I'm being very picky because in five years, I will have cut the cord to all of everything, so it won't matter anymore. <laughs> but last but not least, before we head on out, and before you tell everybody why they need to catch the Mother Daughter-ish podcast, is The Last of Us. It is something that with HBO and uh, Warner Brothers and yeah. Discovery and, you know, whatever else is mixed into there yeah. is uh, right now when they're hemorrhaging losses because of all the, the things that they're combining together at this point in time, the one great thing that they can take out of so far in their start of 2023 is The Last of Us. It's right. the show everybody's talking everybody about. Everybody is talking about it. It has been critically hailed. It is uh, considered, you know, this, this tells you what how bar, how low the bar has been set for video game adaptations. It is already after six episodes considered by many, including myself, the best video game adaptation of all time. Yeah. It is truly something that is both heart-wrenching and heartwarming it has been something that i think has been really tremendous to watch your thoughts on the last of us before we head on out well let me tell you something when i first started watching it i was like what's happening and then it was like oh no i mean i've had the shock emotion i've had the what's happening emotion i've had the scare i mean literally one night i said okay i can't watch it tonight i have found that it has been Cap it has captured my attention again. I heard about it through somebody else and I just started watching it. And I'm just like, oh wow. I'm shocked. I'm amazed. I like the characters. I like the way they pulled it together. I like the way it kind of has kicked us off for 2023. So it's kind of like they set the bar kind of high now. Where where can we go? Absolutely. And we gotta go higher. So I don't know what they've got up their sleeve, but they're gonna have to take us a little higher because that one was not really in my realm of even thinking but when i heard more than a dozen people talking about it that i watched their shows already i was like okay i gotta see what this is all about well i think what also pleases uh fans of the game series that it came from is that it does faithfully do a lot of things and take a lot of things from the video game while still trying to create stories of its own like for instance right. episode three there was a love story that was basically just out of character uh, characters that were either barely in it or barely mentioned in the video game and they created a whole hour of compelling television off of that off of and that. they've also been able to branch out in fact it's so great that they have the creator uh, the director of the video games involved heavily with this that they're able to go ahead and, and decide respectfully how are we going to go ahead and honor the the millions of people who have played the games? Right. But how are we also going to go ahead and grab a new audience and be able to have them dive into this world? And that's they a didn't new audience, yeah. And they and they didn't overload you with the the infected. They didn't overload you with right. just make it just another Walking Dead zombie right. fest or whatnot. Right. They decided to go ahead and tell the more human side of the story and and rely on that. And I think that's what's working. That's what's connecting with people so far. Yeah, because me being a non-gamer, I play no video games. The last game I played was Pac-Man back in the day. And then when I see a Pac-Man thing now, I run to it to play it. So to capture me as that new audience, they captured me. And I am not a video game lover. So 
if you can capture me and I'm very picky with what I watch, I think they've got a whole attention of so many other people. So it's been, it's been really cool. Absolutely. And it's been a big hit. Again, the ratings have now climbed to the point where they are at this point in time in the series, in the season, they're actually exceeding the numbers for house of the dragon. So that's very impressive and, and a credit to obviously everyone involved with the last of us. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Action Figure Adventure is back with Season 2, and we're going further than ever before. Checking out more toy stores than ever before, and seeing more incredible, iconic, and noteworthy pieces than you could possibly imagine. Once again, Jay grapples with how to build the ultimate action figure auction to support critically and terminally ill kids in need. Along the way, we'll chat about Holy Grail figures, perfect action figures, and showcase some incredible toy collections action figure adventure season two 7 30 p.m eastern on jinx tv canada but before we head on out my friend it's been a great time catching up with you finally yes, i was able to catch happy. up with you hey thanks for not giving up on me oh <laughs> uh, you know me well i love our conversations always yeah. absolutely just uh, love them and and just can't wait to talk to you about it. I always feel like gossiping. I, f- I feel like you and I are hanging around. There's a water cooler. Yeah, just hanging. And we're like working together. And we just hang out for like a break, you know, for about maybe lunch break. And we just yeah. like eat our lunch quickly so we can go and hang out by the water cooler and just shoot the breeze in regards yeah. to what's going on with TV. But before we hand it out, my friend, you've got an awesome show that you do each and every time out. That is the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. Yes. So get everybody up to speed on what's going on with your oh, amazing show. Oh, my gosh. We've had so much fun. And last month, I was talking about how things are made. And I talked about everything from diamonds to tires on your car to everything. Uh, this month, I've been talking about a lot of different random things of like things you should know. And for March, I'm going to dive into a business series and talk about everything you need to know if you want to start a business, if you want to elevate a business, if you want to sell a business, if you want to learn about business. So while everybody else is going to have March Madness on their mind, I'm going to have business madness on my mind. So that's what my series for March is. And I'm so looking forward to it. Our next show that's going to be popping up is I'm going to be going through the Zodiac signs and showing you how your Zodiac sign affects what goes on in your body. So that's my next show that'll be coming up in the next couple of days. So I'm excited about that because I'm really into the signs. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more great things from your awesome show, the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. Please go ahead and check it out today, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Well, Don, it's been incredible having you back on. I just see another challenge ahead of me trying to track you down again. No, no, you'll be fine. I will always, listen, I will always make time for you because I really enjoy the conversation. I enjoy binge watching all my shows so I can talk about it, especially when I find one that I really, really like. Then I'm like, I got to tell Gerald, you know, about this, this thing that's happening. And then when you, you tell me what we're going to talk about, I'm like, oh, yep, I got him covered. Well, one thing I do want to talk about next time around is Apple TV Plus. They're finally starting to debut some shows. They're coming out in March. Obviously, the return of Ted Lasso. A lot of people are talking about that. They're waiting for that because of how big and huge a hit it is. So definitely want to talk to you about that and some other stuff coming up from Apple TV Plus. Yeah. That'll be good. We haven't talked about Apple TV Plus because they haven't given us the oomph to talk about it. And that's, uh, I think, a question we might need to ponder. Such a big company. Yes. So many resources. Yes. Why aren't we talking more about Apple TV Plus? Why aren't we? Why aren't Mm -hmm. we? And that that is always a question mark when I've got it right here on my iPad. I even bought a new iPad and they gave me a three month subscription for free and I have not touched it. And it's crazy. We'll but talk about hearing, hearing the little speckles here and there, not a lot of buzz, but just little speckles. And I'm like, let me go over there and see what's going on because I don't want to discount them because like you said, big as ever, but we're not talking about them as much as we're talking about all these other ones. And we should be having them right up there with your Netflix, your Hulu, your Paramount, Peacock. We should, it, it, there should be a conversation and we don't have it. Cause it's like, um, what do you have? <laughs> they're not struggling as a company. They've sold a couple phones here and there. So yeah, yeah. they, uh, they're, they're doing okay. Which again, you and I should go a little bit more into detail on, on our next time around why that is. So definitely go ahead and talk about that. Plus all the other goings on in the world of TV. Once again, it's Don Fobbs. Please go ahead and check her out today along with her amazing daughter right there at the mother daughter ish 
podcast. Yes. Don, great to have you aboard one more time. Looking forward to another great conversation coming up when I finally track you down <laughs> right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much again for joining us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Gerald Glassford, truly appreciated. You know, the other day, a good friend of mine who has appeared on the show a lot of times has talked about a certain thing that that's just affected them a certain movie per se and that is apple tv's recent hit swan song which came out not too long ago about the end of 2021 and it deals with a lot of uh different uh things that i think that uh affected our guests in a lot of ways uh, Features uh, Mahershala Ali, who you know is about ready to step into the shoes of Blade, uh, as I heard Blade is going to be uh, in production here in just a little bit. And uh, Glenn Close, as far as the big names, uh, several big names, Aquafina as well. But here today to talk about how Swan Song has affected him on a personal level. Good man indeed. He returns to us. It is TJ Johnson and TJ. Hopefully uh, on the road right now, but still very much uh, a great part of what we're doing. All right, TJ, you got the floor, my friend. Let me know what's going on with Swan Song, uh, a film that I caught. But the first mistake they made was naming it Swan Song and having a movie (laughs) named Swan Song come out about three months before Swan Song. So, yes. Because if you look up Swan Song... There's actually two movies that came out in 2021. So, yeah, that wasn't exactly the brightest thing. And the Apple TV one came later. It is the more notable of the two. But, yeah, outside of that, it deals with a lot of serious issues that I I think you want to discuss. Yeah, absolutely, G. Uh, First and foremost, thanks for allowing me a, a platform to talk about these kind of things. Yeah, uh, I definitely think that the the title and the timing of the title with the release of another swan song was definitely not in the best interest, but I, I think they were looking at it, well, it's on Apple TV, it's not a, a big release like that, so they, they can kind of get away with it. But uh, more importantly than all of, more importantly than that, uh, I watched swan song with my wife, excuse me, with my wife, and um, I did not expect to feel the things that I felt after watching Swan Song. I don't necessarily mean to spoil anything, but I'm, I mean, at, at this point, I'm, I'm pretty sure there'll be some minor, minor spoilers or some major spoilers, I guess, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, but I thought the movie was 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 well acted. I think it's a bit, uh, how do I put it? A bit far-fetched, but it's also a, a, a sci-fi film that's, you know, later in, in the future. So I kind of get it, but um, there are a lot of things that I thought worked very, very well uh, with this film, obviously, first and foremost, the cast was incredible. To to give you a brief synopsis, I guess we should probably start there. Uh, it's about a man who is diagnosed with a terminal illness. We never are given information as to what that terminal illness is. We just know that it's a terminal illness, and and he has an X amount of time to live. He has not made. He has not spoken to his wife about it yet because there is a program that only few have been able to do where he can take his memory and effectively put all of that his memories and experiences into a clone of himself putting this stuff into a clone of himself will then enable his clone to be able to continue living his life and his loved ones will be none the wiser um it looks exactly like him minus a small freckle on the hand um, it sounds like him. It's got it's the same age as as, as the person is. Um, it's 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 very interesting technology that raises a lot of moral, ethical questions. Um, just questions in regards to taking away the idea of choice. And uh, the film was just very 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 intellectual. Way more than I was expecting it to be. So. What worked with this film, there were a lot of things to me that worked with this film, and, and Gerald, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on it as well. Um, obviously, the cast was phenomenal. Marshall Ali, phenomenal, phenomenal choice. Glenn Close, I wanted to look at her as an antagonist, 
but she wasn't an antagonist in this film at all. She was essentially someone that was giving um, another person all the information possible to make the best decision and ensuring that they understood the, the severity of the situation that they were in. Aquafina was also a different role for her. Um, every time I've seen her, you know, Crazy Rich Asians and, and in Shang-Chi, she played the comedic relief and, and was just very, very lighthearted and funny and kind of goofy. And while she still had a little bit of that in her in this particular role, it was a much more solemn, much more diverse role than what I'm used to seeing her. So I was extremely uh, surprised and pleasantly surprised to see her in that kind of role. Um, I, so I thought the I thought the cast was beautiful. I thought the the emotions that were conveyed were very very strong, and it raised a lot of questions in regards to what would be ethical and what would be non-ethical, right and wrong in regards to taking away choice or or making decisions for someone. It just it it posed a lot, and it caused me to do a lot of internal monologuing, internal dialect, if you will, because. None of us are getting younger. We're all going to start having to deal with the idea of our own mortality, right? And what that looks like for the people that we leave behind. And if that looks like anything in particular, or how does life move on after someone has passed on? It, it, it raises so many questions. In those questions, right? In those questions, there aren't any easy answers. Um, so before I get into the other moral, ethical, conundrum in regards to it. Joe, what did you think working with that film? Well, again, it, it deals with a very difficult issue. One that obviously we don't have to tackle probably, definitely not in my lifetime, probably not in your lifetime, but maybe yeah. in, in, in our children's lifetimes. Uh, some The issue of cloning and, uh, you know, a clone that actually uh, in is, is, let's say it's been perfected. The, the procedure and and everything relating to it has been perfected and i think it it, it let's say the, the capability is there let's say the scientific capability is there in our society it's it's not going to go over a hundred percent a hundred percent of the people are not going to be in, in love with this prospect if this cloning uh procedure for cloning humans i know there's been some cloning as far as uh, uh you know animals i know that's been uh, done and dealt with already, but cloning an actual human probably won't be on the radar probably for quite some time, or at least to the way we, it could be perfected. So I think that has a, a lot of issues along with it as far as both for and against. And if that's the case, I think it deals with some of those issues in this movie. Not all of them, but I think it deals with quite a few of them. And that's what I, I, I liked. It's what it tackled in regards to the cloning issue something that again not now but something we may have to deal with later on yeah absolutely and um you know it's funny I, i've heard a lot of rumors as of late that clones are already among us and that there are a lot of celebrities that have clones and that's how i could be a clone you could be a clone i was gonna ask you you got a little thing going no i'm just joking i couldn't even see you because i'm i'm driving i'm being responsible uh, driving. i've got an evil spock <laughs> that lives down the street he's got the mustache going and everything that's the only difference between us if i have my clone right now i assure you he'd be the one that's driving home from work and i'd be the one at home uh talking to you in the comfort of my own living room and not driving through this uh potential uh icy rain so um yeah. anyways so I, I think a lot of things work with the movie. I think a few things that did not work with the movie. Um, I think the pacing was a little off. It was a little quick. Uh, obviously, considering the subject matter and the guy um, suffering from a terminal illness, and, and I get that. So when you're dealing with something that is as potentially deep as what Marshall's character was going to have to deal with, I think it needs time for those type of things to, to sizzle, for those kind of things to truly resonate, for us to have an opportunity to really kind of grasp the concept. So, Gerald, let me ask you a question. If you had the opportunity to save your loved ones from heartache, from the heartache of you passing away, if you had the opportunity to save them from all that pain, all the heartache, and obviously you're knowing your, your personal story, you know your personal story and you know how much of it has affected your family. Would that be a, 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 a option for you but in that option, you cannot tell 
your significant others what you're going through or what you're potentially planning to do. That's the problem. I think that you can't tell your family, you can't tell your loved ones. I think that's the part I think that doesn't fly with me in this movie. That's mm -hmm. why I think this movie doesn't succeed uh, as well as it should is because, it, you know, if that were to happen, you know, at some point in time, it's, or at least right on, uh, maybe, or even early in the process, maybe, you know, this has to be a shared decision with the family that you care about, mm -hmm. the people that you care about. And I think that's probably what it doesn't fly with me because the fact is if this happened or I was given that option, I would loop my family in it as far as the decision as early as possible. I think that's why this film did work for me because it's an impossible scenario, right? Because rather you make the decision to talk to them about it, or rather you make the decision not to, either way you've made a choice that affects them for the rest of their lives. You've either a, trusted them to be strong enough to handle the fact that you're about to, to pass and then be willing to still accept this person that's you but is not you into their life or B, you understand or you, you, you don't think that they'll be able to handle that and you withhold that information from them. And, and still in doing that, you allow this clone to continue on living your existence while you seclude yourself and peacefully pass away. I think it, it raises such a strong conversation and such a strong moral dilemma and ethical dilemma in regards to how we, we effectively take away or handle choice, right? Because if we had the choice, like I don't think there's any person, and I'll say this from personal experience, I know for a fact that there's no way my wife would absolutely would say, get a clone. There's no way that my wife would ever say get a clone. I, I don't believe it in my heart of hearts. However, I also know in my heart of hearts that every part of me would want her to have a clone from the standpoint of, I don't want to put her through this heartbreak. She's going to have two children, three children to raise on her own um, without my, without me being present, without me being there intellectually, emotionally, physically, there's a lot that goes with that. There's a lot of extra heartache. Technology is a beautiful thing, right? That's just it's kind of what we're talking about here. It can be well, a beautiful that's what, thing, but it can that, be a pain well, in the butt too. Well, that's <laughs> it is, but uh, and that's why I'm saying that I don't believe uh, in our uh, lifetimes that we can successfully clone a human. Uh, I yeah. don't think that because just because you talked about that so many things would have to go right to successfully clone a human being to the point where they you know actually have your consciousness and your memories and things of that nature I, again it, i just don't see it happening for a long long time oh uh, yeah I, I don't i don't disagree with that at all i don't even think that that's something that i would consider happening anytime soon but i think the the fact that it's even a possibility at some point um, will it be a possibility, like you said, in our lifetimes? No, I don't see that happening. But the moral and ethical conundrums that even come with the thought process of something like that, I think are extremely fascinating because no person is going to want to necessarily, I shouldn't say no person. Most people do not, aren't going to want to put their significant other through unnecessary turmoil. And if you look at the main character, you know, his wife had had also lost their twin brother or her twin brother was going through a incredibly depressing time with that to where you know she was gone for a while emotionally physically mentally knowing that he wanted to weigh the decisions on deciding on if he would do something like that where he would have himself cloned and not tell her to not put her back through that they were expecting um they already had a young child that's a lot of additional stress to put on someone and him knowing that she was already under that kind of duress when her twin brother had passed away, that's something else that weighs into that. So you don't just look at it from your own perspective or your own um, understanding, but you have to look at it from the other person's understanding as well. And then as the person that's making that decision, weigh the pros and cons of both going through with it and not going through with it. So I think there's there's a lot to unpack when it comes to a decision like that. And I think what I, 
what I appreciate about this movie is that it it didn't hide from the the stress of making that kind of decision. It didn't shy away from how intense those kind of decision making processes can be and what they would look like. And obviously, as as fantastic of an actor as as uh, Marshall Ali is, it was it was gut wrenching watching that happen and then going through the process of thinking, God, if that was me, if that was me, how would I respond? How would I react? How would I feel being in a similar situation um, to the main characters? So I thought the movie, um, you know, I know we're not doing a review review, but I mm-hmm. thought the movie was was good. Um, I, I thought that obviously it's a little fantastical um, and it's, it's far-fetched um, as far as not anytime soon. But what it made me do was just truly uh, analyze and think about uh, who I would be in that type of scenario, what I would do in that type of scenario, how much would I want to put on myself in regards to making that kind of decision for my family. Because ultimately, as the, the, the head of the household, it's my job to ensure that my family is successful. And that's with or without me. Um, and as tough of a decision as that is, it is still a decision that needs to be made. So um, I thought it was just a very, very interesting, very intricate movie as well. And one that I think a lot of people did not have an opportunity to see due to the fact that it was on Apple TV and not a major release um, in the theaters. So um, I really enjoyed it for what it's worth. Um, and I would definitely recommend that film. And I recommend the discussion uh, to be had with a significant other in regards to making plans and understanding um, what life looks like after a a tragic event such as that. Once again, it's TJ Johnson. If you have any questions or thoughts or comments on Swan Song, you can always let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But before we head on out, my friend, I just wanted to thank you for taking the time because I know this was something that you really wanted to go ahead and talk about and express your thoughts on. Again, the movie itself, you know, it has its moments. And obviously with a very big name cast, it it does uh, a great job as far as on the acting front. I don't think anybody will ever question that when they see the film. It's just the certain things that you have to go ahead and have yourself believe in order to go ahead and get through the movie. Like, for instance, the no contact as far as the the expression with your family, as far as letting them know that uh, what the situation that's going on and the and the clone and all that, as far as uh, being not being able to communicate that you know that you are going to get cloned and that your clone is going to take over your life. I just think that a part you have to get over that. And for me, it was hard to do that, but I know if you're able to, it's going to make it a, a worth, very worthwhile movie. Yeah, uh, it, it it definitely was a decision, but I, but to be fair, as a sci-fi film, there are a lot of sci-fi films that we're asked to suspend our belief on. Um, so suspending my belief on this, my feelings on it, not you know, notwithstanding, suspending my belief and just experiencing that ride for what it was, was 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 actually very cathartic for me. Um, now, obviously, going back and having discussions afterwards about how I would have handled that differently that raises a lot more questions. But as yeah. far as just being able to enjoy the film for, for the decision that he made and how he went about uh, doing it, I, I thought it was, I thought it was, was really strong. But I'll tell you what, my friend, I'm glad that there's no clone of us <laughs> going around anywhere. Well, at least I don't know if I've been yeah, cloned. And you never I, know. You know. I could be talking to a clone. I, you know, I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying. Okay. Fair enough. Chance. There's a chance. There's always a chance indeed. But once again, it is either the real or cloned TJ Johnson. Go ahead and check him out here anytime he's on Pop Culture Cosmos. And of course, if you have any questions or comments on Apple TV Plus, The Swan Song, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, great to have you talk about Swan Song. I know you and I have got many conversations in the future. Clone or no clone? Looking forward to hear your thoughts right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, 
there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Thanks so much to Don Fobbs from the Mother Daughter Ish podcast. Go ahead and check out what she's doing today, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, of course, my good friend, Mr. TJ Johnson. He really wanted to go ahead and hop on today's show to talk about the controversial issues of cloning as it relates to the recent Apple TV Plus hit movie, Swan Song with Mahersha Ali. So if you want to hear or see what we're talking about, that's what we talked about on the show. If you want to go ahead and see what we talked about on the show, go ahead and check it out. Swan Song with Mahersha Ali that's available on Apple TV+. But before we head on out, I want to get you up to speed on some notes in the world of pop culture. With Warner Brothers filing a half a billion dollar lawsuit against Paramount over the streaming rights to South Park, over the number of episodes that they've received, over what was promised, and whether or not South Park is being sent first to Paramount Plus when actually they're contractually bound to go ahead and send them to Warner Brothers and HBO Max first. So that's going to get messy, and I don't see a clear winner anytime soon, but we'll keep you up to speed on that here at the Pop Culture Cosmos or Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Do also want to mention the weekend box office where Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, <sighs> it suffered the largest second week drop for an MCU movie at 70%, but still managed here in the States to beat out an overachieving Cocaine Bear at the box office, with Cocaine Bear doing about $23 million in its initial week, and then actually first day returns actually beat Ant-Man. So that's a good sign for this smaller costing hit that hopefully will mean some more smaller films such as this will be hitting the box office because yes they do make a tight little profit every now and then and this is looking like this will be the case for cocaine bear and congratulations to everyone that's worked on that movie uh, hopefully they will see more success from that or maybe even a cocaine bear too who knows and finally wanted to go ahead and mention that secession it was announced after i recorded with Don Fobbs, that Secession will be ending its run on HBO and HBO Max with Season 4. That's coming up. The creator, Jesse Armstrong, has decided to creatively pull the plug on the series. It's all his decision. With the kind of ratings and awards it gets, I have a feeling it is his decision he was saying he could have let this go on longer, more seasons. It could have let it go on one, two, or many more. But he ultimately decided that he just wanted to end it after four seasons. He did mention in recent interviews, creator Jesse Armstrong, that he said there will be not a reboot of Secession, but did say that there could be a possibility of some spinoffs so we'll see if that's the case but i know hbo is not exactly thrilled with this decision but we'll see what happens down the road for season four the final season of secession but once again thanks so much to don Fobbs from the mother daughter ish podcast also as well tj johnson for stopping by coming up later this week on friday Melinda Barkhouse-Ross steps into the PCC multiverse, as always, as she and I will be talking the debut of season three of The Mandalorian. Looking forward to that. Plus, we'll be talking about a whole bunch of stuff that goes on, as always, right here in the pop culture cosmos. And remember, you can catch the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day right here at the pop culture cosmos so for tj johnson and don fobbs this is gerald glassford 
It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. Listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.